Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host, Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us, we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any hockey games, news, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So Sebastian, on today's podcast, this is all about women's hockey, and me and you have been talking about it a lot offline on our thoughts for the NWHL and the PWHPA. And I know we briefly touched on it the previous podcast and we decided that we were just going to make this a whole podcast and here we are because you and I, despite our individual research, are still on opposite sides of what is really being toted is not a debate in a lot of women's hockey uh, posts and a lot of women's hockey forums, yet I can't help but see the debate. I'm sorry, I can't help but see the debate. And let's just jump into this because I think if anyone doesn't know, the National Women's Hockey League uh, started back, uh, if I'm not incorrect, around 2015. I was living in England. I was really stoked Buffalo's getting one of the inaugural four teams. And at that time, the CWHL was already performing. However, the CWHL collapsed about a couple years ago. And out of that formed, I would say not immediately, but it definitely helped to formulate this PWHPA. And it actually developed by also taking players out of the NWHL. And, you know, I see all these articles that say we're not at, you know, we're not battling each other. We all want the same thing. But when you look at the way these organizations interact with each other, I can't help but see the battle. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I th- I think it's more of a battle when it comes down to their different visions. Um, I agree I think, with that. I, I think they both want the same thing. However, yep. I think there's two groups who are pulling in different directions, but at the same time pulling in the same direction. If that makes sense, you know, they're they're trying to attain one goal, but they both have visions on how that goal should be attained. Yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying there, because that is really what the debate is and uh, how they see the success of women's hockey developing. They see very two different ways of doing it. And I will say I'm, I'm not knocking like, OK, so if anyone doesn't know, I'm, I'm more of an NWHL supporter in terms of this debate. And, and Sebastian is more the PWHPA. I do see the benefits of what the PWHPA has done. They've locked in some major contracts. They've gotten attention towards women's hockey, but so has the NWHL. I believe that the PWHPA is definitely at the end of the day more concerned in a way with it, especially during COVID, uh, the safety of their players. Uh, I think we, anyone that's listened to our podcast about when the NWHL season was going strong and how it got terminated by COVID and how I, I believe the New York team or Metropolitan pulled out of the tournament because I just don't think they were handling it the best way they could have. And I, I think that frustrated us. We wanted to see the season conclude the way we wanted to see it conclude at the time it was supposed to be concluded. And I just think that, I don't know. I, I can see where the PWHPA is coming from. I just I I don't 100% agree with how they're handling uh, their interactions with the NWHL. So for me, I look at the NWHL and I think it's great for what they did, and I think it's great that it was going to be a big event, and it still was televised, and it was still a big event. I don't think it was as big an event as it would have been if they were able to carry through from start to finish. 
I agree. However, where I think the PWHPA it kind of decided to take a stand, especially on this year and a year where there were a lot more dangers to having a hockey season, I think was smart because look at the look at the NWHL. Um, they went and did a quote unquote bubble, but were, didn't have the resources to protect their players. And I'm not attacking them. Don't get me wrong. I I think they did the best they could with what they had. However, sometimes doing the best you can with what you have isn't the best choice to make because some of these players were affected. You know, they took some time off from work or they worked from quote-unquote home at the hotels they were at, and some of them were still affected by COVID because they had to go out to eat, they had to do this, they had to do that because they didn't have enough resources to do kind of like what the NHL did with the playoff bubble and just basically lock everyone in to ensure safety. They weren't – I don't think it's not they were prepared. They knew the risk they were taking. I think that they just were like, hey, let's go with it and let's, you know, make sure everyone abides the rules. But, I mean, look at the world we're in today. We know not everyone abides the rules or quite cares about them. And that doesn't mean it's one of the players. It could easily be one of the hotel staffs because they didn't have such a tight bubble. They were interacting with the staff who then might be going out to a party that night and then coming back to work the next day and then spreading COVID there. Um, I just, I think that this year with the PWHPA did, sitting out, really working on the off-ice issues to try to get something different on the ice following year or years, I agree with. Because, I mean, we all know what the definition of insanity is. It's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Women's hockey has been trying to push to have a different result, to have their players get paid, to have sponsorships, to, you know, to have a league that is recognized. And I think that's what they're pushing for. And I just think that trying to, you know, force a bubble and then have it shut down, it just kind of looks bad to people trying to put money into it when you can't even completely go through. I think what the PWHPA is doing now is taking the time off the ice. It's, hey, we've tried putting a product on the ice. There's been multiple different leagues. We've tried, and no one wants to jump on. So, hey, let's get off the ice. And I think there's a big chunk. I mean, don't get me wrong. The NWHL has a ton of talent a ton of talent. But I think some of the huge names in women's hockey that, you know, like Nat Spooner, um, you could name a bunch more that you'd be like, oh, I know who that is, are sitting out for this cause. And it's showing that it's working for them because they are getting sponsorships. Now, like I said before, both these leagues are pulling towards one thing, but are kind of pulling apart from each other. I don't I don't agree with everything from both sides. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a, hey, this is a PWHPA or nothing kind of thing. I really think that, you know, we talked about the article in the last the last podcast about how, and to me, the language is very much that like, hey, us as the NWHL think we are doing things right. PWHPA, join us. I think that needs to be said, if that's what you think, off air between these two groups. I think these two groups need to come to work. And as we talked off air, before we came on here, I think a big group that really needs to come in and really help solidify is the NHL. Yeah, I'd say we definitely both agree with that. And obviously the, the PWHP has been able to secure some NHL support from individual teams like the New York Rangers and Toronto Maple Leafs. I even think back when the Inferno were part of the CWHL, I think they were getting support from the Flames. But truthfully, I think you're 100% right. I, they're both approaching this from different tactics uh they've both been successful in their own ways uh but the big over like shadowing issue is the nhl silence in the league's support 
of the National Women's Hockey League. And this is something I think you and I were talking about leading into this podcast today was the the NBA. I don't like basketball. It's never been my thing. If you can't hit people, it's not a sport. But the end of the NBA has been massively supportive of the WNBA since its since its inauguration and has actually grown it to be what it is today. Now the NWA is basically cost the NBA way more than it's gained, but the NBA knew the long game. The NBA is like, no, if, if we support this league and we support these athletes, this is going to benefit us. This will benefit us as a league down the road. Not initially, but it's it's going to benefit us as a league, and we're giving athletes the opportunity. The NHL, in my opinion, is brutally greedy in this scenario, and it's it's thinking about all the short-term gains versus the long-term gains of supporting a women's hockey league. And I think that maybe why the PWHPA has been successful in certain areas with the support of different teams is, again, I don't know, and this is not public. It's not public anywhere. If it is, someone tell me because I'd love to read about it. But when the the commissioner, not the commissioner, but the the woman who started the NWHL, Danny Ryland, stepped down this year out of really, in my, my perspective, out of nowhere, but some people were expecting it as I believe the commissioner stepped down in October and the, the commissioner was Ryland Kearney. In my eyes, these two stepping out of their roles, especially Danny, Danny being the person who really fought to make this a league. And truthfully for me, I have nothing but respect for because this was not an easy task. I was stunned by that. I'm like, okay, what, what's the end game here? Cause it's not like she suddenly doesn't care about women's hockey. Something's happening that I'm not aware of. And suddenly you had uh, Ty Tuminia, who who jumped into the role. You know, she's in an interim basis right now for the league. She's acknowledging the PWHPA publicly. Like when the PWHPA played their games in Madison Square Garden, she acknowledged it and talked about people watching it. When I interacted with the the, the uh, gamer doc uh, on Twitter, and she was like, "No, we're watching it. Any any support towards women's hockey is a support." regardless of NWHL or PWHPA, it's it's something you should support and it's something you should watch. So the NWHL side was acknowledging the PWHPA with this newfound leadership. I haven't seen the PWHPA respond. And again, I could be blatantly wrong. I love you, Hillary Knight. You're one of my favorite players. I love my Nicole Hensley. I've got her USA jersey right next to me in my jersey collection of my top 40 jerseys. But the silence from the PWHPA, for me, whether it's a tactic or not, for me, it seems I think something's missing. I don't don't know if during something when you're trying to build, when two two organizations are really building in opposite directions, I think everything right now, and like I said, we talked about this before in the podcast soon before, even on the last episode, before we even recorded the episode, I just don't think that you need to come out publicly. I mean, you can come out publicly and say we support, cool, but don't come out publicly and talk about what's going on. No, there's no, 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 no. So Keep that much, stuff inside. Like there's, the you know, there's so much negative. Yeah, and there's so much negativity in this world that you know someone's going to use it to be negative. Oh, women's yeah. hockey, whatever. You know, they're trying to do this, whatever. It really, I, I really think, and I think the easy, and we talked about this. I think the easiest way to fix things is for the NHL to suck it up. You're going to lose money. Don't get me wrong. And to be kidding. Exactly, and it's going to be a fraction. Maybe for 10 or 15, 20 years, you're going to lose. And it's going to be a fraction of what you make. It's not yep. going to be a ton of money. 
They just really need your name, a little bit of money, and you know, to really start pushing some of your sponsorships. Hey, whoever, you know, you should reach out to them. They're looking for a team sponsor for the jerseys or whatever. They could do it European style if they want, put a sponsor in every single inch of the ice, boards, jerseys, helmets, whatever they want. Whatever dude, they like, gotta dude, do. Pull a NASCAR. Pull a NASCAR instead of calling it the whatever league, like Secret has sponsored a PWHPA. How cool, and I'm just saying, how cool would the Secret Hockey League be? <laughs> Yeah, ex- exactly. And I mean, it doesn't need to be like that forever. No. Once once the league gets on its feet and running, then you know what? Then you call it the NWHL or whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want. But you could drop, you can drop the, sponsorship. the sponsorship. Yeah, exactly. But again, you know, you obviously want to thank that sponsorship for sticking around for so long. And I'm sure they're gonna, they would be part of something, you know, it would ever be, you know, maybe secret is still on the ice or whatever it is. But that being said is I, I really think the NHL needs to step in and say, hey, you know what? We're not going to give you billions of dollars. I don't think any league needs billions of dollars to start. But I'd be like, what do you need from us? Let us know. Here's a checkbook. We're willing to work with you. The thing is, is, and I've seen this, I think, and I was reading an article. I think it was on SI. And they were talking about how, obviously before COVID, how you could see a lot more families going to NBA games. And I was reading an article, and I wish I could find it. It was a super cool article about how a dad basically said, you know, he's got – three dollars at home and they were not interested in basketball so he'd go watch basketball games with his friends or whatever he took his daughters to some nba games and they loved it so then you know he was able to kind of say hey you know what let's check out an nba game as well they literally made ticket sales on helping the nba like yeah. you made ticket sales on that and you've got so now he said they basically go to you know they try to catch at least one of each game a month or whatever so i'm like you basically took a, a, a someone who was buying one ticket and selling four because you helped that team. Now that's one family. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like 10 families, it's 40 tickets. Like it's super easy. It, it, you can see how it's going to continue. Like hockey is not a small sport, especially in North America. Like it's, well, it's huge all around about, the world. And you got to think about it this way. Like if I, I will tell my wife's story here and I think you and I need to discuss bringing on your fiance and my wife because your fiance is a goalie. My wife was an ex-goon. Uh, but really, she decided around 13, 14 years old when it came to soccer, track, hockey and stuff like that. She said she just up and quit all the sports. And she said, I quit because I didn't have a future in any of them. She's like, I was wasting my time going to hockey, running track, playing volleyball because I can't make I can't make a career out of any of these. She's like, so instead I was super competitive. So I became super competitive in education and that's where she's led to herself now where she's unreal when it comes to like job offers and stuff like that and that's why we move around so much but she saw no future as a female in sports so she quit and i don't want should i have daughters because i don't have any kids should have daughters i want my daughter to feel like she has the same opportunity as my son to make sport a career to make it something she can live off sustainable she right now she might not you know if if he becomes a a Sidney crosby and he's making 11 million dollars a year okay that's that's great the nhl's been around for a hundred something years it's going to be able to pay its players a lot more it's been a lot more successful over that time it didn't go that way for decades and decades and decades but the nwhl uh, should it be the one that's uh, basically is the league that comes out of all of this, which I'm hoping it does because I love my NWHL teams and I love my NWHL athletes. I want them to not have to drive up from Ohio 
every every Thursday night so they can compete in the weekend series in Buffalo against Boston because that's what's happening. Like, I don't know what, what athlete it was. All I remember was when I was living in Buffalo and working for PSC that she had to drive up from Ohio all the time. She had a full-time job in Ohio. She lived four hours away from Buffalo, but she was passionate about being a professional hockey player. She just couldn't afford it because nobody can afford it because it's not paying anything reasonable to these athletes right now. If you could expand the season, get real good sponsorships, get some airtime, really build like an NWHL package in terms of like how you have an NHL package and other packages. Like I can get every NWHL game from every team and get them on TV, get them on ESPN, get them on NBCSN's dying. So I don't know what its replacement will be, but because that's not even going to be available for the national hockey league. I just think that if you, if you can, Build the interest. And me and you were talking about this beforehand, too. I'm an, I'm an Olympic lover. I love the Olympics. There's sports I'll watch in the Olympics that I won't watch for the next four years. But I'll watch it because it's the Olympic Games and these people are competing at the top, top of their field. And they do these stories like, OK, I don't know about this, you know, gymnast or this curler. But you watch their story and you're like, wow, I really feel it now. I really feel it after this four or five minute segment. I want her to do amazing. If they did this for the Women's Hockey League and they taught you about these players and how hard they fought to get where to where they are and how hard they fought to make women's hockey as successful as it could be, you'd have people jumping on board left, right, and center. Yeah, I mean, it's bang on. I mean, the support is there. And I mean, I think it's shown in both the NWHL and the PWHPA. Yeah, people want able- women's hockey. Exactly. They've been able to get sponsorships. And I think like that should be a, a huge proving factor to the NHL to be like, hey, yes, again, we are going to lose a little bit of money. Don't get me wrong. It's going to happen. And it's In not the beginning. Because, exactly. And it's not because it's women's hockey. It could literally, you could start up a junior A mega league all across North America. You're going to lose money starting that league because it's a new league. It doesn't Hockey matter. Mustangs would win it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, it, it doesn't matter what the – it could be a bowling league, whatever. You're going to lose money in, in the first few years because it's new. It's going to happen. But the NHL has so much sponsorship dollars, so much sponsorship power. I don't think they would actually lose that much money in the first few years. No. And, and they just really need to jump into it. Um, it it just it actually kind of drives me crazy when – you know, well, I forget the exact number amount we talked about a while ago um, – that the NHL had given basically less than a veteran's minimum 100, salary. It, the yeah. NHL had given 100000 to the NWHL when the league minimum for your basic player in the National Hockey League is like 650000 For the guy who rides the bench, 650000 exactly. But they gave the entire league hundred k. That's a joke. Exactly. And the thing is, is you know that there's support within the NHL. I mean, look at the, the Kyle Turr's uh, quote. He said he basically he's and I, I, this exact quote was I want my daughter to grow up thinking she can run the world if she wants to do as well and he basically said he wants his daughter to have to be able to have the same dreams as his son so basically and he was talking about hockey is basically you know if she is a an, if she's a great hockey player she wants he wants her to be able to be like hey you know what I can go to university or I can go you know to wherever other leagues and then go to the pro women's hockey league and make a living being a pro hockey player because I'm that good, just like his son could do one day. And I think that, you know, you have hockey players that are like, Hey, like my kids are heavily involved in hockey because this is their life. Like, you know, their, their, their parents' lives revolve around that hockey. Their kids are involved in it. They understand it and they want to dream for that. 
but you got to tell your daughter, hey, like, yeah, you can go to university, and but you know, if you want a good paying job, you're not gonna be able to continue playing hockey. Because don't get me wrong, yeah, you can still make the Olympics and all that kind of stuff, but there, you you have to take time off from your personal job to do that. As the pro hockey players are like, oh, my NHL team's still gonna pay me four million dollars, and I'm gonna go to the Olympics. Well, that's the thing. Is you look at that and look at the Matteau family. That's a perfect example. If anyone doesn't know Matteau, Matteau, like one of the most famous calls in NHL history, right? When the Rangers won their cup, uh, their last cup back in, uh, what was it, 94? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I think the, the Canadians was 93 and the, the Rangers were 94. But when Matteau scored, right? Matteau has had to, you know, I don't know how many kids he has, but he has a son and a daughter. So sorry, Matteau family. I haven't done any research on you all i know is that you have a son and a daughter they both play hockey if i'm not incorrect mato the, the son is in the montreal canadians farm system i think i could be wrong please don't light me up over this i think he's in the montreal canadians system i, I think where, that's right where i think his daughter is playing for the riveters right here's the big difference between his his daughter and his son he's in the montreal canadians farm system if, if that is in fact true he can focus all his attention on hockey. He can – his entire time is working out, becoming hockey smart, and playing hockey so that maybe he has a chance to make the roster for the Montreal Canadiens. His daughter, she has to have another job. She ain't making anything near enough to be able to sustain herself if she's on her own without having another job. She has to have another job because the NWHL – and and the PWHPA right now cannot sustain basically their athletes being able to move forward because there's no support from a league like the National Hockey League. If I'm a toe and my sis or even uh, you're talking uh, the, the Buffalo kids, the Iofalos, you got, you know, Iofalo with L.A. And I'm if they're not resigning him, they're morons because fantastic player. His sister played for the Buffalo Buttes while I was in Buffalo. She can't make. The NHL career like her brother can, but she's, in my opinion, a better player than he is in terms of hockey in her sport. Like, I think she's a better an NWHL player than her brother is a NHL player, but he can make a living off of it, making four or five million dollars a year where she's going to have to be working another job and she's going to have to train on her off time. That's there's a problem there. Like we're not I'm not expecting the Women's Hockey League to be paying players four or five million a year we're way off from that right now but we should be able to let the iophilos and the toes and everyone in between i mean uh you're 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 talking about my roster from this year from my nwhl fantasy team right i had i had like sammy davis on there like the best player out of her university the captain she was drafted number one overall she has to have another job Elaine Chuli up there in Toronto has to have another job. Rebecca Russo from Metropolitan has to have another job. Sorora Tinker from Metropolitan has to have another job. Th- these are athletes I had on my NWHL fantasy draft team, and they they can't make women's hockey a career. They're they're not getting paid even a remote crappy American wage because <laughs> we we have pretty crappy wages here. But they're not even making that. Like, even if we could get the NWHL to the point where they can make a crappy American wage so that they can at least afford an apartment and focus on training and being the best NWHL athlete they could be, that's what they're that's that's what they're just trying to get to right now. They're not looking for millions of dollars. They want to get there, and I think the league can get there. I think they could have players who get paid millions of dollars to be in the NWHL. But right now, they're just looking to be able to not have to work another job. That's all they're asking for. You're a league that's starting off. 
at least let these athletes have 50 to 60 games a year. Let them be on TV. Let them get massive sponsorships. Let them be able to make a living off of being in a professional hockey player. We're not talking $10 million contracts. Right now we're talking $45,000 contracts. They can actually not have to have another job unless they live in New York City because $45,000 ain't going to get you nothing in New York City. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. And it, it all goes back again. It's just to, you know, we, we discussed, you know, we're, we're kind of both on opposite sides at the same time yes. on the same side. And that's kind of, and it's, it's like a perfect metaphor for exactly what these leagues are on different sides, but on the same side. To me, I think that there really needs to be a discussion, especially now with, you know, hockey wrapping up or whatever. There needs to be a discussion off ice. These two need to, to link together and figure out what do they want? You know, is it something different? You know, maybe it's going to be two different women's hockey leagues. Maybe it's going to be completely different. Um, one group wants A and the next group wants B, whatever it is. But I, I, I honestly, looking through a lot of information through the PWHPA and the NWHL, I think they're really striving for the same goal with maybe different wording, but it all seems to point to one direction. And I think that having, again, and it's, I sound like a broken record, but having that leadership from the NHL come down and say, hey, we're here to help, like the NBA did. Hey, we're here to help. Let's get this going. I think this could take off in a year or two. Again, hockey is such a huge sport. I don't think it's – let's give it a five-year incubation time to really get to where it needs to be just as a safe zone. I don't think it's going to take five years. Look at women's soccer. They're pro. Oh, man. That, that the, I mean, here's the metaphor. The ball hit the ground, and that thing skyrocketed. Yeah, and I'm so horribly disappointed that my Salt Lake Royals are no longer here. That was that was kind of a blow to being a Salt Lake fan. Uh, that December they announced they were no longer part of the uh, the women's soccer league. But no, you're you're completely correct. Look at how massively that took off in the United States. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, no offense to soccer fans, but I think hockey is a much bigger sport in North America, Ayo. especially especially in Canada. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, it's there's still soccer's still a big sport it, all across North America, but I think you're gonna get more eyes on the actual hockey portion of it. I mean, girls hockey just here in Ottawa, you know where I live is massive. University women's hockey, big. So to me, it's you have you have so many resources to use from, and I think they're just not quite sure how to take off. A league like the NHL coming in and landing a hand, not taking over, but lending a hand and, you know, being like, hey, we're going to offer X amount of dollars throughout the next five to ten years to really help you guys out. And you know what? I get it. The NHL is a business. We talked about it before. Conor David throws an elbow at somebody, gets a $5,000 fine. That's like being fined $5. Not yep. even. You know, at his contract, it's it's he, they basically just went, hey, how much change you got in your pocket? And he gave him what he had in, in his wallet. That's basically what they did there. I get it. It's a business. They want to have the best product. Well, you know what? Be a business then. Say, hey, we're going to lend you X amount of dollars to a certain amount to help you get going. However, you know, for the next 20 years, we want a so-and-so amount back in a percentage you make or whatever it is. They can figure it out. off. It's off a record kind of thing. They can figure that out. But there's a way for the NHL to make money. I get their business. Don't get me wrong. I'm not asking them to come in and throw millions and millions of dollars and expect nothing back. The NHL is a business. They need to make their money. I get it. But there's an opportunity there to make money. Yeah, it's a, the NHL is a business, but the NHL and bled money for years between organizations like the Arizona Coyotes, the Florida Panthers, and truthfully for a while there, the New York Islanders. These teams bled, bled money out of the NHL. 
And the, the NHL decided to keep these teams in these markets. And, you know, fortunately for Islanders fans, they're still there. I still think Arizona and Florida have some work to do to be honest, sustainable markets, because I'm still not seeing it in terms of fan base and money. You, you get your most of your money from the visiting fans from the north, where teams like Dallas and Tampa Bay have been very successful. Teams like Arizona and Florida have not. And you know, that's no knock on Arizona and Florida fans. There's a ton of Arizona and Florida fans that are very passionate about their teams. There's just not enough of them. I did some super quick New York public education math here on my computer. And I will say that if you were going to pay at like, say, every NWHL team had 22 players on it, right? And you were going to pay them all just a basic living wage of like maybe, maybe 45000 Because honestly, if you have a team in New York City, sorry, you might still need another job. It's New York City. But a city like Buffalo, you can handle 45k. But say each player was guaranteed $45,000 off their contract, right? You will be, you will make 45,000 a year. All 22 players make a minimum of $45,000 a year. Like NHL players make a minimum of 650,000 a year. And with the six teams currently in the league, because there's talks of expanding to Montreal, but that ain't real yet. So there's six teams in the league that would cost less than six million a year to pay these players $45,000 each a year. You spread that out across 32 NHL teams with Seattle being included in this. That's less than $200,000 a year per NHL team to have the NWHL players paid a living, livable wage. Because I'm telling you here in Salt Lake City, if you have $45,000, you're doing just fine. I understand New York City. Hey, you chose to live there. Maybe you get drafted there. I get it. Pair up with another person. You got a $90,000. I'm just saying that. It should be based off a of location. Sorry, some cities are more expensive than others, and New York City's insane. But if each pair was played $45,000 a year, that would be 187500 I think, per NHL team per year to have a sustainable NWHL. That's not bad, man. That's not bad, with considering how much money they make per game. Of course, COVID aside, how much money these teams make a game. I, I can't see how the NHL isn't supporting women's hockey the nhl is compared to the compared to the nba the nhl is a joke and again i hate i'm not a basketball fan i don't like basketball the nba showed up in the 90s to help to make this happen the nhl talks about hockey for everyone but that's a joke i mean you have specific teams stepping up you have like teams like the new york rangers the toronto maple Leafs stepping up to help women's hockey you have teams like a lot of players on the chicago blackhawks maybe the chicago blackhawks organization that are stepping up to give underprivileged children in, in Chicago a chance to actually play hockey. I can't imagine giving the opportunities a young kid to be able to just wear gear, not even own it, but be able to wear gear and play hockey where I could have ended up, you know? And that's what teams like the Chicago Blackhawks are doing for kids in the city of Chicago. And that's what the NHL needs to do in terms of these, these athletes shouldn't be buying their own gear. They're professional athletes. They should have this gear supported. They should, these players should be able to focus on honing their craft and being the best hockey player they can be. But there's no funding to do that because the NHL is not stepping up. The NHL talks a big game, but there's no walk from the NHL. The NHL is embarrassingly vacant in this conversation. Yeah, and I mean, for people listening who are going to say, you know, $45,000 isn't, you know, we said it. It's For example, this is obviously us just talking and trying to figure out a way that this could work. Yeah. And, you know, you look at, for example, Megan Augusta. She's a Vancouver police officer, plays for Team Canada, great hockey player. 
yeah, you know what? Maybe she's not going to still not want to leave her job to take $45,000. And people are like, oh, well, that's how much it is. But you know what? It needs to start somewhere. So if it is $45,000 or $50,000, whatever it is, it needs to start somewhere. To it start gives her building. the choice. It gives her the exactly. choice to pursue that or pursue her police career. And it gives these athletes the choice. Soroya Tinker, part of my NWHL fantasy team. Yeah, I, I think she lives in New York City, right? But $45,000 a year at least gives her the choice to go, you know, do I want to follow this right now because it could lead to something bigger? Or do I want to follow this route? It gives her the choice to make hockey a potential career. Well, not, not just that. I mean, yeah, it's, let's say they start at $45,000 a year. In 10 years, they could be making I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they keep making say, oh, someone signed a $4.5 million contract yeah. or whatever, because you need to let it grow. And I get, you know, and I think this would be best for especially a lot of players who maybe are coming straight out of university. You know, I'm going to give it a year and see where this kind of goes or whatever. Um, you know, they might not have a job lined up right away. So they're making money right out of university to play hockey, but it, it needs to grow. I mean, the NHL didn't start by paying guys millions of dollars in salary. Nope. I mean, these guys that, had other jobs. They had a choice. Exactly. I mean, there's the. There's the, there's the story about how Maurice Richard got hurt being a mover, you know, moving stuff the day before and having one of the best games of his life the night of. You know, there, there's they, these people worked and I, it, it's got it starts somewhere. And I think yep. that's I what think, they want. They just want a chance to start somewhere. I think there needs to be a, a bridge built between these two teams. And again, I think that that bridge comes by the NHL being like, how can we help? Not let us take the lead, but how can we help? Here's some money. You know, again. NHL is a business. I've said it. I get it. Don't attack me. They're going to want some money back, so they're going to be making some revenue somewhere for the next, say, 20 years or whatever it is. And that's just how a business works. I mean, if I owned a business and someone's trying to start another business, I wouldn't be willing to just say, here's some money. Don't worry about it. I get it. That I'm going to say, here's some money. I'm investing. Yeah. I expect my money back plus some. And that that's what's going to happen. But right now, I think the NHL is being way too greedy for this to ever take off. And, I, and I'm not saying that a women's hockey needs the help of the NHL. I still think that they could help this take off. They could get this to take off by themselves. Don't get me wrong. I just think having a multi-billion dollar company behind you helps you take flight a little sooner. You want to see these athletes succeed. I, I honestly, I want to see the Megan Quinns and the Vanisovas actually be able to make hockey a career because should I ever have children, I want my daughter to dream about playing professional hockey as much as my son and right now that is not a thing Uh, i'm telling you i just think that you're right the nhl needs to step up and the nhl i think their latest bs excuse is well with the divide right now we we just you know we can't get behind one it's like no come on like if you could you could end that divide like honestly i'm a big nwhl fan and i don't want to see it collapse i want to see the six teams in there continue to succeed but at the end of the day and there are investors. That's the that's the other thing people forget. I, if I'm not incorrect, I think uh, the current current interim commissioner for the NWHL, I think her husband's an investor in the league. I, people could lose out on the NWHL not succeeding. But at the end of the day, if the PWHPA has the plan that the NHL salivates more over, then let them start that league. As long as these athletes, as long as I can see Nicole Hensley and Shannon Savedos and Amanda Levi all compete in the same league because I'm seeing the best athletes. And, of course, those are all goalies because Hillary Knight wishes she was a goalie. Sorry, Hillary, if you're listening. You weren't good enough to be a goalie. That's why you're a forward. So, that's why you lit up all the goalies you ever played against. 
Exactly, because she wasn't good enough to be a goalie. <laughs> and I will say that about Wayne Gretzky. Not good enough to be a goalie. So, hey, he made a name for himself another way. So I'm just saying that I want these athletes to be able to compete against. I want to see the best athletes on the ice. I want to see the best female athletes competing at the top-level league, whether that's the NWHL or whatever comes out of the PWHPA, because it's a players' association. It's not a league. Whatever needs to happen for these two sides to see eye-to-eye to let women's hockey fly, that's what I want to see. I want to see the most successful possible option for women's hockey to be out there, be on TV, get sponsorships, and should I have ever a daughter for her to be able to dream just as much as my son, should I ever have a son, to be a professional hockey player? Because I don't care. My wife already knows. All my kids are playing net. I've already planned for it financially. All my kids will play net. They'll have specialized helmets. I'm that dad, okay? It's going to happen. I am putting any of my kids in hockey until they just tell me, Dad, I don't want to do this anymore. And then uh, they can pursue their route, whether that's art or football or cooking. I don't care as long as they're happy. But they're all playing hockey first. I don't care about that. They're going to they're gonna play hockey until <laughs> I know it's just not their sport. I want them to have the chance to both dream about being professional hockey players, regardless of their gender. That's yeah, all I, mean. I completely agree. And it's, you know, it's there. It's it, it, it can happen. Um, you know, we may have started, I said, you know, we, we talked about this before we got on this podcast. We really started on two different ends, but we know we are able to come together. And it's easy for us to say, oh, we we're able to come together. And I'm sure these two separate entities, you know, are going through some hard time trying to figure out what the best way is to move forward. And I, I get that. It's not going to be an easy, easy decision. They're both making decisions that can shape women's hockey for, you know, the years and years and years to come. That being said, I, I, if I were them, honestly, if you, we talked about being vocal. I would be vocal. I'd be vocal against the NHL and say, "Hey, help us. Yeah. You know, let lend us some guidance. You, you've you've come through all this way. You know, you're really you're evolving. The thing is, is, the NHL is not only going to make money off this, but look at we talked about even like the NFL. You know, there's a ton of women. And I would say a ton. There there is women's coaches. That are full-time coaches and with NFL teams now. There's a yep. you know there's full-time NFL referees. They are they're no longer going okay. Who is the best guy for the job? They're going who's the best person for this job? And the NHL can you know get better by now going okay. Not who is the best guy for this coaching vacancy? Who is the best you know male ref for this? It's who's the best ref overall and who's the best coach overall for this situation? If it's yep. a male. Great. If it's a female, great. If it's it, it doesn't matter if it's a non-gender, great. Whatever it is, it's it's got to be whatever the best fit for the team is, regardless of gender, that is the best fit. And they're going going to be able to look at, you know, say one team has a full women's roster of coaches and this, you know, this team has won back to back to back to back to back championships and their coaching is great. Well, guess what? Maybe, hey, Florida fired their 15th coach for the 12th year because they just go through coaches like it's hotcakes before, you know, Quenville got there. But let's just say, you know, they, they need a coach. Why not, you know, reach out and let's see what happens. It, it's going to grow the game. You see that with the National Football League. They're they're starting to hire the best person for their job, regardless of gender, regardless of a, a lot of different factors. And that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see diversity in sport. And I want to see women's hockey. I want to be able to see the NWHL draft on ESPN. 
why can't I watch that? Why can't I watch? Why couldn't I watch Sammy Davis get drafted and her family hug her and her go down there and, you know, throw on a Boston Pride jersey? Why can't I see Amanda Levi get the highest paying goalie job in the NWHL and, and sign maybe like a $1.2 million contract and not have to be in Minnesota? Because I, I think that's where she's from. That might be where she works. I, I don't really know your situation, Amanda, but I'm convinced she's in Minnesota because it's the best situation for her. But if she's offered $1.2 million, I don't care. I don't think she cares what team that is. She's like, oh, Buffalo offered me $1.2 or the new team in D.C. offered me $1.2. I guess I'm moving to D.C. Why can't I see the best players and a with the best contracts on the teams that are most willing to pay for them versus just what the most convenient situation is based off my real job. Cause that's what it is right now. It's players that are conveniently located because they're not getting paid anywhere near enough to make hockey sustainable, women's hockey sustainable in the current environment. And I mean, me and you have been talking about this a lot. I really thought this would be a short podcast. And I still think if me and you were just able to ramble on, we'd go on for another hour and a half about our thoughts on, on women's hockey and where it can, where it can go. But I want to hear from you all. Sebastian and I want to hear what you all think. If you're playing in the NWHL or the PWHPA, or you dream to, to play in one of these leagues, we'd love you to reach out. We're very curious to see what, individuals think what what you can actually share based off of whatever your contracts are we're very curious to see what can happen for women's hockey to be six i want to see women's hockey i want my kids to think it's completely normal if i ever have kids i want my kids to think it's completely normal to watch women's hockey and men's hockey in the same evening on a thursday night you know which who do you want to watch you want to watch you know the riveters and the pride or do you want to watch the Capitals and the Flyers? It's it's a choice. They get to choose which, like like you said with the with the NBA father. Oh, we're gonna go to you know this WNBA game, then you know we'll go to an NBA game. They have a choice. They can do both, and it's just simple to do both. I think. I think I want women's hockey to get there. I want women's hockey to have Shannon Doyle being picked up by the best possible team she can because she's one of the best defensemen in women's hockey. I want her to be able to make it a career and if you allow these athletes to make this a career and give them the choice they become even better athletes they're not focused on their other job they they train better they they eat better they focus better they play hockey better i just think they're now the nhl is falling so horrifyingly short of supporting women's hockey that anything they have to say about it until they actually support it with real financial money like real money not 100k real money i'd love 100k but I'm not a league. If they can support it with real money, that's when we see real effort from the National Hockey League. And I don't know, man. I'm frustrated, I guess. That's the best way to put this. I mean, I think you just you wrapped up perfectly. It needs to be something that, it, it's you know, once it takes off, it, it's just normal. It just it happens, you know. Hey, we got a doubleheader tonight. We got, you know, the Women's Hockey League and the Men's Hockey League. Heck, maybe they're playing, you know, in, in the same city at, say, certain whatever double rink where it's a double header where it literally whatever sports stations playing is playing the one game once that's done wraps up and goes to the next game it's a, it's a hockey day yeah. event um it, it can happen i really think about hope- that think if they did like buffalo buttes and buffalo sabers in the same like okay so basically we're gonna have a double header tonight it's a saturday so you know, we'll have the men's game at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we'll have the women's game at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Double header, double money, 
double every like double think for you know double bang for your buck in terms of being able to watch two games in the same day and and make it an event man like they could do this stuff they really could yeah and i absolutely agree and like i said like wrapping this up perfectly i think it's really you know we're both kind of seeing what we like more from one side or the other but again i think we're both seeing the same thing the leagues are saying we're like hey this needs to be one one might be saying something that makes it seem like oh they don't agree with this but i think at the end of the day they kind of agree with what they want i think something just needs to happen and i can't wait for that to happen no i'm i'm completely with you there so no i think you said this is a great place to wrap this up let us know what you think everybody we we really are passionate about this and we really want to hear what people have to say so let us know what you have to say. But in the meantime, this is Chris and Sebastian. Have a great day. This is Pigeon Hockey, and we'll catch you next time.